it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you are listening to this, this is the Often Daunted Podcast, and I am Burke White. Thank you so much for giving me the listen. I am just a 30-year, ah, 31, I guess. God, I'm getting old. I am a 31 IU alumni who just likes talking about his team. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about it, but I have to share a few thoughts after discussing what was another just heartbreaking defeat. Making that four in a row, I will be getting on to what was a lot more lighthearted to cover, a lot more fun to cover, and just... Uh, a lot more reflective on the season as a whole following the 74 to 70 win over Wisconsin at home. Now for that coverage, I uh, wanted to share some of my individual thoughts prior to getting on over to a section I uh, recorded with JR of the Big Ten Huddle podcast. I joined him just uh, recapping this one, breaking it down, and uh, yeah, always a fun, always fun going on that show, always fun mixing it up with the other fan bases' personalities, and uh, I appreciate him for coming on and discussing Indiana's victory over the Badgers. After that, I will get on to some of the news around the program, followed by some of the news around the conference, as well as some of the results around the conference since the last time of our recording, all before, again, sitting down with JR to uh, have him on my show and uh, just preview the upcoming game with Maryland for just a short bit. All of that before getting on out of here with a Hoosier history hit. Again, thank you for listening to that introduction, and thank you for tuning in to the Often Daunted Podcast. Let's get on to the Penn State thoughts. You know, free throws, man. Free throws. Penn State. Let's, we're we're going to rattle it down because we want to get onto the fun, the Wisconsin we just witnessed. And uh, yeah, free throws. This sucks. I, I thought I thought that, you know what, that game sucked, but the team still fought. They fought more than I thought that we could have asked for in that Penn State game. Not not that we could have asked for. Of course, we can ask for them to fight. They fought more than I thought that they would provide. And uh, I mean, you got to take the silver linings where you can. And that is just the ugh, darkest silver of linings. I can I can handle the Hoosiers losing so long as the effort looked at least to the par that the Hoosiers put out there in the first half. The Hoosiers let the Nittany Lions really extend their lead into the half as the first half closed with Kalel on the bench with two fouls. They say basketball's won in the last eight of the first half and the first eight of the second, and the Lions absolutely roasted the Hoosiers the last eight of the first as Penn State was able to change the 24-23 Indiana lead at the eight-minute mark into the 40-33 halftime lead for the Nittany Lions. Hoosiers came out of the half looking like they just woke up from a nap as we had just seen time and time and time and time before. Stagnant offense, no movement away from the ball, barely movement with the ball. Also, just building on the two foul things, Ice Baldwin played with two fouls and just gutted the Hoosiers for 20 points in the half compared to McKenzie, who played just five minutes in that first half, ultimately being able to end his night with seven points and two rebounds. Well, Mike Rhodes, you know, pressed his luck with Ace Baldwin. And uh, luckily, luckily for him, pressing his luck paid off because Ace Baldwin went 7 for 12 for 23 points on the night, as well as adding nine assists to that. Incredible. Nine assists and four steals. Ace Baldwin was in his bag in this game. And uh, lastly, just I told you, we are breaking this one down quickly because I'm getting this out of the way. Following that performance by Indiana, the Penn State performance, like our ranks are just astoundingly bad. And it's a collection of them, like three point shooting percentage following that game, 31 percent, 12th of 14 in the Big Ten. Free throw shooting percentage, 62.5. That is dead last. Offensive rebounding percentage, 27.8, good for 10th in the Big Ten. Turnover percentage, 17.2, good for 11th in the Big Ten. Point distribution from three-pointers, good for 13th in the Big Ten. 
thanks to us thanks to inside the hall for sharing those just incredibly abysmal numbers on x and uh just looking at all of that man you know if you have a few of those you can afford it you might be able to win more games than you lose if you just have a few of those having all of those just abysmal percentages and just those key factors is just gutting to your team's chances and the penn state game was a lot more indicative of what those statistics would have you believe than the wisconsin game that followed and that being said finally on to the wisconsin game you know what after extending that losing streak to four the Hoosiers have the opportunity to stop the damage and address anything they've been a- anything that's been ailing them in route to what is unquestionably a disappointing season. The Hoosiers have the opportunity to bounce back for a revenge win over Wisconsin. <laughs> we get the revenge win over Wisconsin. And boy did they ever. Let's play it. Indiana, our Indiana, Indiana, we're all for you. As you can see, I was so late to pick up the words out the gate because, man, it's been four games straight. I haven't been able to play that damn song. God, I love to hear it. God, I love to hear it. The song's so good. So good. That's a tune. That's a certified platinum tune in my book. You know, despite allowing Wisconsin to absolutely dominate this game, despite allowing a 15-point lead to slip away, Despite allowing 10 offensive rebounds, the Hoosiers look far more confident on the defensive end than we've seen in maybe our last five outings. Uh, I think uh, in the game in Madison, the Hoosiers had allowed Wisconsin to score 1.41 points per possession, while in Indiana, the Hoosiers were able to hold the Badgers to 1.14. If you don't know, that is so much better and gives your team such a better chance to win the basketball game. Kalel was absolutely phenomenal, and it affected every aspect of this one. Like, this is about as good as it gets. Like, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks. He showed a willingness to exercise his dominance in this game. We haven't seen him play with the edge, like with this edge or aggression. He knew he had Wisconsin's front courts beat. Like, he knew he had Wisconsin's front court beat and went back to back to back to the well, just uh, taking the game in a manner that we haven't seen him do yet. Him and Trey just were running just mid-ball screens so well. So well, and honestly, they were running it so well, I think it helped their ability to defend those same screens on the other end. It's almost like it was clicking there. It's almost like it was all coming together. In this one, you saw Xavier Johnson take the floor, look to be hitting the factory reset as a new, too loose, long sleeve player. Uh, he was more mild mannered on the floor, and I respected that. Unfortunately, his first play of the game was a turnover, but he's obviously looking to keep his blinders on and try to turn it around here at the finish line of his tenure. And here's hoping with the time that he has left, he can do just that. Malik, Malik's game. Malik ends his night with 14 points, eight rebounds and two assists. Unfortunately, he also ends his night with five fouls. And at the end of the game, he did end it, he ended it a bit boneheadedly. Now, uh, Woodson was screaming for someone to foul Wisconsin because Indiana had fouls to give. And Malik, with four personal fouls, took it upon himself to be the one to do it. God. Oh, Malik needs to know that that wasn't a directive to the guy with four personal fouls at the time, but Woodson should have communicated it better before the foul took place. I'm not going to entirely knock Malik for unquestionably jumping when a coach says jump. He was quick to do so, and you know what? I commend him for that alone. (laughs) You know, got to use your brain, got to think through it a little, but uh, you know what? Mike Woodson said do something, and damn if he didn't just do it. Anthony Walker, credit for not uh, falling for Chucky's flurry of pump fakes at the end of the at the at the last second of that game. There, also uh, credit to some of the defensive plays that Anthony Walker was making. I remember in particular he was locking down AJ Store efficiently on one play, only for AJ to make an improbably ludicrous step back over Anthony's extended arm, and that that was one point of the game where I thought it, it, this has to be a wrap. So disheartening 
when uh, you see those ones go in, that you just do everything right. And uh, there seemed to be a few of those. You know, Indiana really pushed Wisconsin into the shot clock deep, giving them bad bad opportunities. And uh, a lot of the times those bad opportunities were met with a Wisconsin Badger offensive board that led to the disparity in field goal attempts taken. That in tandem with the 12-4 to turnover differential, I believe. Honestly, statistically, Indiana had no business winning this game. But, man, the boys fought. The boys fought. It, It seems like over the course of this season, it's been one step forward, two steps back more often than not. You know, but can, can the Hoosiers take this win over Wisconsin and really build something on it moving forward? I, I, I have to hope so, because say what you will about where this program is, about what any of the ways you feel about Mike Woodson one way or the other. We know we're all torn. This fan base is torn over how to, you know, think about all this. I'm going to think about the fact that the Hoosiers played harder, put forth an effort that we had yet to see and that, uh, you know, I'm just going to enjoy that victory. Heading into the recap with JR that I sat down for, uh, I just wanted to give the show Walter Fisher the game of this one to none other than Kalel. Of course, it's Kalel Ware. He he was affecting everything. He The defense played well because the defense was able to get out on perimeter shooters. They were able to cover perimeter shooters because Kalel had the interior on lockdown. If he wasn't directly blocking the shot, which he had five, he was affecting the shot. Wisconsin was taking moonshot after moonshot, just sending him up with a prayer. And yeah, if he wasn't blocking the shot, he was literally affecting every shot, allowing Indiana to commit more of its attention along the perimeter, knowing damn well Galel had it locked down on the inside. 27 points, 11 boards, five blocks. Outstanding. Now, uh, yeah, here's me sitting down with JR for that. The fire alarm with 10 minutes left in the second half gave Kalel Ware and Malik Renew the rest they needed, as the broadcast was saying. It was a crazy situation, but ultimately, this was a crazy game. IU just really got out in front, and not only did Kalel Ware have one of his best games of the season, but you saw Malik Renew really get basically anything he wanted down low, and then you also saw Trey Galloway be who Indiana fans have wanted Trey Galloway to be this season. Now, Xavier Johnson did some good things as well, and Gabe Cups was, was good as well for what he's been lately, but I feel like it was the kind of trifecta of Galloway wear and renew and also in Baco as well he did some really good things as well but kind of the the trio of those guys that really won this game for Indiana uh Burke what were your thoughts on the game uh my thoughts on the game I mean I saw a headline today from Zach Osterman he's the Indy Star reporter for the Hoosiers and it was uh it read for one strange night Indiana basketball earned the right to feel good about itself again and uh honestly that he summed it up perfectly in that sentiment like, however you feel about this program right now as a fan, however you feel about Mike Woodson at this point in time as a fan of this program, like, that win was a win you could sit back and, and appreciate. It's a win you should sit back and appreciate. The Hoosiers fought hard and more evidently, like, wanted it far more than we have seen at all this season. Um, this Indiana team has come out so flat at times, man. I cannot express, like, just the difference in the caliber of effort they were bringing in this game. Yeah, I, and you saw it from guys like like Trey Galloway, who I pointed out earlier. He only had six points in this game, but he had four rebounds and he had 12 assists as well. You could tell somebody like Trey Galloway in this game, he really wanted it every single time. And I felt like Xavier Johnson was giving a whole lot of effort and doing some good things as well. And obviously he's a little sporadic, and I know that's kind of a hot take because Indiana fans have all of their – thoughts and and feelings about him but hey he didn't get a technical foul okay and at the end of the day he turned ball over what only five times so (laughs) right hey let's start with Xavier let's start with Xavier my thoughts on Xavier Johnson is his PR team whoever made the decision to go two long sleeves loosely loose long sleeves great decision great decision because I'm so simple-minded I'm such a simple-minded sports fan I saw that and I'm like who's this guy who's this new guy (laughs) <laughs> who, who do we just get on this team? He showed up. He he his his demeanor was entirely different. 
he swallowed everything that was coming his way. And you know what? I respect the hell out of it just because he's trying. He's showing an initiative to change what was happening. And uh, I respect him for that. You know, the very second he comes on the floor, he commits a turnover in the first possession. The first instance of him having the ball in his hands, there's a turnover. Goes on to have five of, I think, Indiana's 12. And uh, you know what? Indiana won. I'm just going to say, Xavier Johnson, there's still time to turn this around. I appreciated the effort he came out with. Like, the the not the, so much the effort, just as the reservation. And uh, you know what? We, we can build on that, and we can finish this season strong. And his story can end better than we all thought it may have, at, at, like, in the middle of this season. Yeah, and I think it's interesting with Xavier Johnson, right? Because you don't want to see the five turnover games, obviously. I'm kind of making jokes there about like, oh, only five turnovers. You don't want to see that. However, there is a sense of aggression that you get from this team when Xavier Johnson is in the game that you just don't get when Gabe Cups is out there handling the ball. I'm not trying to be a Gabe Cups hater or anything like that, but let's be honest. Gabe Cups is, is one of the worst point guards in the Big Ten. Now he's a freshman, so, you know, let's give him, <laughs> give him yeah. credit, you know, for, for how young he is and things like that. But at the end of the day, he does not have the aggression on this team that Xavier Johnson does. And Xavier Johnson pushes the ball up the court more, and he gets the guys running and doing those things that, that Gabe Cups just isn't able to do. And I feel like when Indiana is aggressive in playing their game, not reacting to the other team's game, that is when they're at their best. I felt like that's what IU was doing when uh, Wisconsin was coming back. They were kind of they were kind of playing Wisconsin's game, just kind of being defensive. And then when they came back from that fire alarm or whatever you want to call it, that's when they started getting aggressive and they were playing their own game again. Saying, divine intervention. Up, it's called exactly. divine intervention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like and when IU has good backcourt play, I mean, the front court play has been there all season long. Malik Renew and Kalel Ware, they've been there all season long. That's who you can rely on. But when the backcourt play is at least moderate, that's when you see the best version of this IU team. Because at the, like when IU was playing Penn State the other day, they just they had no backcourt play. There was nothing about that backcourt that looked comfortable, that looked like they wanted to be there, that looked like they knew what was going on. I mean, there were points where it looked like they didn't even know the plays <laughs> that were being played. But when you have backcourt play that is actually manageable and, and, and able to do their job, Kalel Ware and Malik Renew are, are able to be who they're supposed to be. So, Burke, let's get to this question really fast because I know this is hot topic amongst IU fans and just kind of Big Ten basketball uh, is Indiana's season Mike Woodson's fault obviously IU fans are not happy with what's going on things like that your point of view is Indiana's season right now Mike Woodson's fault well it's not his fault because he doesn't take the shots he doesn't shoot the free throws he doesn't miss the like he doesn't commit the fouls if you ask him man there's a it's a, I, I I feel I'm torn in half about all this and I have to imagine there are a lot of Hoosiers like me, but there are very loud Hoosiers who are very decisive one way or the other. And uh, this season, man, uh, it, it's a combination of trusting everything in Xavier Johnson's hands. It's a it's the roster construction. It's an inability to get something out of these guys. And at the end of the day, he you can look at the free throw percentage. It's it's just everything, man. It's death by a thousand cuts with this program right now. And who else can you look to but the head coach? to put that on. I mean, yeah, the player's effort sucks. We need a guy who can get some effort out of our players. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just frustrating where thank God he was able to sever that losing streak at four games, but it, it, it was, it, it is, it just boils down to him just have having an inability to get this out of these guys consistently. It's, it's the defensive effort, man, Indiana's defense. Sorry, I'm going right back to the game. You're talking about the season as a whole, like Indiana's defense in Madison was allowing 1.4 points per possession in Indiana. They, held it down to 1.11 it, it's just that 
like Kalel Ware, his huge night scoring. Like what was more impressive was his five blocks because right. Just Wisconsin was you saw every single shot they were they had taken. Even if he wasn't near the shot, it, he affected it. They were taking moon shots, moon shots, and just sending them with a prayer. And uh, I mean, they were making some of them to their credit. AJ Store had a few of those. But it, it, you you see at times what this team could be, how this team should be affecting offenses, what opposing offenses shot selection should look like. It shouldn't be prime three after prime three. Like Kalel Ware was able to have the opposition worried about going on the inside because he was just swatting everything back. And that allowed the perimeter to lock down more than we've seen it all season. And it's it's all of these things that it, you know would think would spark change in a program. Mike Woodson, is he's easy. You know, some of the greats, they have to be a little stubborn to get there. And he, he's he's been pretty stubborn in uh, just how he's been managing this team, man. He, he just doesn't come out looking to make changes to address anything after it's it's it, at times it is. I've said this over the course of my show just all season. It is insanity where he is going square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole. Hey, guys, I promise this will work this game. Square peg, round hole. And it, it's 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 ultimately, you know, if it's his problem or not. Something needs done. Something needs addressed. Something needs changed because Assembly Hall needs to stay Assembly Hall. Indiana needs to stay Indiana. Like, yeah, people can say, oh, if you fire him, like, who wants the job? You need somebody who's willing. You need a psycho who's willing to take that on. Like, Indiana, yeah, we're quick to fire somebody because we have a lot to lose. Look at the support that this program has. You can say, like, yeah, we haven't won shit, which we haven't. We haven't won shit. But this team somehow is able to routinely become confident, like competent enough, competitive enough to keep that fan base coming. If enough of these seasons are strung together in the, you know, instant gratification time we are right now, that will go. That will go. You can't just rest on the laurels of 76, of like 87. Like you can't because uh, there's a whole lot to lose. And you know what? All these programs can say, Indiana, you know, who would want that job? Who could, who would sign up, just be fired immediately? And it's, you know, if you had everything to lose like we do as far as basketball goes, you would do the same thing. And it's it, it needs addressed. It needs changed. Or if Mike Woodson's not the one to do it, something needs done. Yeah, no, I think you make a lot of good points. Um, I think Sorry that, for the rant. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm glad that we're getting kind of the IU perspective because it's been it's been a lot of different places this season. Like you said, you know, there's people who have very strong opinions on one side and then on the other side, but then there's people like you that like you kind of see both sides, but you still have a strong opinion and a strong affinity for the team. And so you want the team to be successful and do what they need to do as well. I, and I'm not the, sorry, but I'm just cutting you off one more time. I'm not saying like Indiana, like we deserve a quick response from a coach, right. but, but I'm saying we objectively have the most support out there. We objectively right. need better. We objectively yeah. can't, let things spiral. That's where that's the whole th- basis of where I'm at on Mike Woodson right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that anybody would argue that IU doesn't have one of the most rabid fan bases in all of college basketball. I mean, you know, the Hoosiers are the Hoosiers and the fan bases is the crazy fan base because they love their basketball team and you know they they want to see a winner uh, and they want to see success for their basketball team. I come from <laughs> probably the craziest or one of the craziest football fan bases Absolutely. in all yeah. of football. You know, like and it's one of those things where like you love it and you hate it sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's like Anybody who takes the job is going to have the ceiling of like the highest, best fan base out there, possibly, because if you get this team winning to the level that they, you know, the fans believe should be winning, then you're going to have the most support 
in the world. And Mike Woodson had two good seasons previously, but both of those good seasons were led by a player in Trace Jackson Davis. And that's the part that I feel like this season, Mike Woodson has not been able to replicate. He's not had a player who's been that on-court coach, who's been that on-court motivator for these guys. I Kalel Ware, for as much as I love his game, the dude is very quiet, does not show a ton of emotion, which is fine. Not everybody has to be, you know, the way Trace Jackson Davis was. Uh, but but that's really hard when the leader is the one who's very subdued, not a whole lot of emotion. Uh, and Malik Renew, like he's very good and he's able to do some of those things. But I don't think that he has the comfortability, comfort, comfortability of a guy like Trace Jackson Davis to be that leader yet. And I think some people this season, whether fans like it or not, some players this season were looking for was looking for that guy to be X. They were looking for Xavier Johnson to be that guy. And unfortunately, Xavier Johnson has just not been that guy. He's been erratic. He's been <laughs> crazy with the technical fouls and things like that at one point this season. And now he's not even starting. Now, you know, granted, that's because of injury and stuff like that more than, you know, I think Gabe Cup's being a better player. But still, like, it's hard when that guy is not in all the time uh, with the team. And so... I look at this season, and I know from like an outside perspective, IU fans are probably going to tell me, you know, JR, you just don't understand, and that's fine, I understand. But from from an outside perspective, looking in, I look at the season, and I say, this was a season where Mike Woodson just completely botched the backcourt construction of this team. He trusted Xavier Johnson, and as much as that was a bad decision, I don't know if I would have made. A different decision. I probably would have rode with Xavier Johnson too and said, "Look, this is my guy. I'm going to ride with him this season, and I'm going to make." I mean, I, I'm going to do what we have to do in order to get him win. And I would remind IU fans, many of you believe that Xavier Johnson was one of the best point guards in this league coming into mm -hmm. this season. So many, many IU fans were obviously not complaining about this decision by Mike Woodson. And unfortunately, one, he's had injuries. And two, he's, like I said, been a little too erratic in his nature. So I don't put the entire season on Mike Woodson. I do put an aspect of the roster construction because I think you needed a better backup point guard than a freshman in Gabe Cups. Uh, but I also look at it and I say, I don't think it was the worst decision in the world to trust Xavier Johnson. Do you agree, Berg? No, man. Like like you you just nailed it. I, I, I honestly believed at the very least this would be the most just stifling defensively backcourt in the nation, which it hasn't been, or in the conference, I mean. Yeah. Um, like I thought, I thought, x and trey heading into the season was just going to lock down the opposition but uh yeah honestly we yeah we made this bed we we lay yeah we we have to sleep in it i i was on team yeah xavier johnson all the way of course like i, I didn't open my mind to other possibilities like i now have to from here on until the end of time but yeah it, it's just a shame to see how it all went down here's hoping that his story is yet to be done in indiana and we can turn it around and uh, have some fun here to finish it out yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I, and I think next year, if Mike Woodson makes it there, which I think he should, and I get, and I, and I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. I understand the people who are saying it might be time for Mike Woodson to move on. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I get where you're coming from. Uh, I do think that give Mike Woodson this time, let him go into the portal. He just got Kalel Ware out of the portal, turned him into an NBA prospect when he wasn't that last year at Oregon. Uh, I mean, he was a five star, but he Oregon wasn't getting out of him what Mike Woodson has been able to get out of him this season. You have Malik Renew coming back, hopefully. You have Trey Galloway coming back, hopefully. I know some people are speculating on him. However, if you can bring the right guys back and you can bring in one or two transfer portal guys, I could see a good season for IU next year. Yeah, man, if we if we can just transfer in a backcourt, if we can keep Trey. Like, I for some reason, I hear rumbles of people saying Trey's getting offers from other people, and I'm just like, I, I don't know about that. I imagine whatever he's getting offered, there is a homer bonus that a bunch of IU fans would be willing to give. But it, it's, yeah, man, uh, yeah, it's. 
you're good. No, it, it, it's it's wild to think about, and obviously, it's it's you know nobody wants to think about next season at the end of the season. However, uh, I yeah, have no, seen... sorry. yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I was saying, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Good man. I whatever whenever you are out there shopping for a backcourt, which Indiana absolutely has to do, we have to go find some shooters. The idea of a backcourt, selling pitching that with the front court being Malik Renew. Mackenzie at the four and Liam McNeely at the three like that. That's that's decent. That is a a very, you know, tantalizing proposal for who may consider themselves out there. One of the like key point guard transfers. So I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to optimistically head into the transfer portal and hope to God Indiana can figure it out. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Dave's giving us updates here on the uh, Illinois-Minnesota game. Thank you, Dave. My second screen I'm using for for notes, so I don't actually have a game on. Thank you for giving us some updates there. And then he also says Michigan, Indiana, and Maryland is the reason why the conference is down this year. Ohio State, too. Don't forget us. We stink. <laughs> so we're another reason that things are not uh, great this year. And, and, and it's tough. It's tough to uh, see the conference down, but I also look at most of those teams, not really Michigan. Is that all the comment was? Yeah. Dude, uh, thanks. Just yeah, we're down bad, dude. It sucks. <laughs> God. But Thank I would add you. Ohio State to it. I would add Ohio State to it as well. They uh, <laughs> they're down bad too. So we're in it together, Burke. No worries. <laughs> All right, starting the Indiana news since our last time of recording. Fear of God's Jerry Lorenzo shared a photo of the Indiana alternate Fear of God uniforms. And I have to say that these uniforms in particular would have gone over much better. Instead of the dark off black, like they, they, they were white with red lettering, same font, but nonetheless, like probably would have went over better with the masses. But I would be hard pressed to say uh, whatever uniform we lose by 15 to Nebraska at home in, Maybe it's time to remove that uniform from the rotation. Um, it's a loser uni. Now, that being said, watching the girls absolutely dominate Iowa in them, those things looked great on that occasion. So, I mean, hey, it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. And, uh, yeah, that was just the latest. <laughs> if you haven't seen the white ones, they, they do look decent. They, they Same font, which was uh, just, again, just a 2K-created team font that I thought a designer could come up with something a little better, but... Yeah, again, losing by 15 in the uniform makes it look one way. Winning by 17 in it makes it look another. Uh, credit to the girls for getting that done. Congratulations to Indiana Swim and Dive teams for taking an unquestioned dynasty and continuing to build on it in a way that I desperately wish our basketball program could keep up with. As IU has claimed the title of the 2024 of the 2024 Big Ten champions in Swim and Dive. Congrats to Mackenzie Mbako for winning Big Ten Freshman of the Week Monday with his 14.5 points per game and 4.5 boards over the two games he had last week. And credit to Trey Galloway for following that Wisconsin game where with his 12 assists against Wisconsin, Trey Galloway is the only other Hoosier to have two games with 12 or more assists in the season since Isaiah Thomas in the 1980-1981 season. Trey was never asked to be this, but man, he is stepping up to it. He isn't a point guard. He isn't a point guard, but man, he, he's being... he's finding a way to distribute the ball reliably. And it's, it's just a credit to how he's grown as a player, how fast he's been able to take that on. He's the primary ball handler. Like, it's crazy that this is where we are, but, I mean, he's doing it commendably. So, credit to you, Trey. Happy Manager Appreciation Week to our crew. Probably just absolutely still killing it on the college managers league. Whatever. Those guys are ballers compared to the other managers. And, uh, yeah, here's to them on this week of appreciation for him. This past weekend, the Hoosiers handed out three offers. 
two prospective recruits of the 2026 class, those being Jalen Montanti, a 6'7 small forward from Oklahoma, currently the number three small forward in the class of 2026, and the number 11 overall recruit in that class. There was a offer given to Alex Smith, a 6'9 power forward from Upper Arlington, Ohio, and there was an offer handed out to Anthony Thompson, a 6'7 small forward from Lebanon, Ohio. Following that Penn State game, Mike Woodson was clear to point out that he was not happy with how he coached the team. Further on Monday, Mike had told the reporters during a Zoom interview that uh, every year I've coached, I point the finger at me. A lot of coaches won't do that. When things go well, I point the finger at the players. Even though I don't miss shots, free throws, I'm a big part of that and take responsibility. And this reads like an SNL skit. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. That's what that quote was. When there's so much going on wrong, like I just want Mike Woodson to start rallying, finding the guys that he can take into next season, the guys that uh, can p- contribute to a winning program, and uh, find a way to keep them. Because I mean, it's just quotes like that can't be the most inspiring, most loyalty generating just words you can put out there. Next bit, in an effort to get ahead of this, in an effort to get ahead of it this time around, Indiana media outlets have made it abundantly clear to point out that Liam McNeely is projected to be a lottery pick in the 2025 NBA draft. So Mike Woodson, please plan accordingly. We all had read, we all had heard Mike Woodson saying that, you know, it wasn't part of the plan to have Jalen Hutchifino leave, even though I'm pretty sure all of us knew he was leaving like the second we got that commit. We knew it was a possibility if all things went well. And man, he he, he had his off games, but man, in the biggest moments he, he produced when he needed to, um, despite the tournament. But and he was able to move on to the next level. Now, the same is the same is being said about Liam McNeely. And if not more, Liam McNeely seems like more of a lock in the eyes of many out there. And uh, Mike, we know he's gone, man. We have to do something with him next year. There is no planning for the second year of Liam McNeely. We need to figure it out. As for who could be heading out before that, Jonathan Wasserman with Bleacher Report released his 2024 NBA mock draft. And in the latest mock draft, Kalel Ware appears to be heading to the New Orleans Pelicans at the number 14 pick of his choice to place Kalel here in the draft. He said, Indiana losses have overshadowed Kalel Ware's strong play lately, as he's been consistent enough individually to so to avoid criticism from the team's lousy conference record, averaging 15.1 points, 9.4 boards, and 1.7 blocks on 13 of 31 from threes. He'll be on the first-round boards before the pre-draft process, when he should be able to rise even further with workout settings that will illuminate his excellent tools, athletic abilities, and shot-making touch. Just wanted to point out the latest on Kalel where and where he's projecting where he may be going in next year's NBA draft. On to that conference news for you. Personal hot seat for coaches is in question this week as uh, we I mean, we, we saw Mike Woodson's comment about I'm not going anywhere and far, far more um, just debased and I mean, just outrageous, absolutely outrageous in the case of Kenny Payne, who had said he's not really worried about his job security. And if, uh, if you guys are ever out here discussing your job security, you don't entirely have it. That's just how I that has to be a rule of it. Right. That's Mike. That's Mike Woodson and his comments included, man. Don't just give up on this season. Let's uh, let's take the you know momentum we got in that emotional win. That was a very proud win by our guys against Wisconsin. It's time to build on it. I mean, man, you're still coaching this season. We need to finish it out strong. We need to have something to work towards. We need to have something to build upon for next season if we are not going to be able to contend any further this. This week, Matt Painter announced that Zach Eady will not be using his COVID year, and this will be his final season of college basketball. Yes, ding dong, ding dong. It is happening, everybody. It is happening. Zach Eady will be out of college basketball, and, you know, 
things may be able to return to somewhat of a more regular just game of basketball in the Big Ten. We might have more uniform officiating. We might have all this, man. The, the, absolute, the credit to him for being an absolute tyrant in this conference for as long as he's been here. But, man, I don't let the door hit you on the way out because, man, it's been painful watching your tenure, largely because of just everything you brought to this game. Everyone's speaking about it. I'm going to speak about it a little. Duke in the battle against the court stormers. Of course, it was Kyle Flopkowski providing the fake evidence of harm. That fellow Duke Jay Billis is waging a war, is waging a war against court storming. And uh, as a member of the court storming that I truly believe every storm to date has been triggered by, these forms, that being the Christian, you know, the watch shot court storming. Classic. I, I think that reignited the attention on court storming. That might be, you know, a little self-centered of me to believe that, but man... <laughs> That was the most organic one that I've seen since. It has to have been. Uh, maybe the North Carolina Duke one. But no, even then, it was a struggling Indiana down badder than down bad, 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 bad Indiana over the number one Kentucky. Like, it, you can't take it away, man. It's college basketball. Storm courts. You know what? Yeah, storm a court every chance you get. I don't like it as much when Indiana's like, now we should be hoping we are better than we were when we beat that number one Kentucky team. But you know what? If it's ever a question, storm the court. Storm the court. <laughs> Just, there's my stance on the court storming battles around the conference credit to Peyton Stanford absolute villain of this show my favorite for villain of the year in the Big Ten Peyton Stanford made Iowa history as Wednesday against Penn State he had a day to the tune of 26 points 10 rebounds and 10 assists recording Iowa's only triple double in school history I found that astounding as long as they've had basketball at Iowa he is the only one to have gotten that triple double and lastly some future Big Ten news, as LeBron James took to X with two tweets defending Bronny's removal from the NBA draft boards out there this season, saying, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? James wrote Monday afternoon, the work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. And in the other tweet, he had said, and to all the other kids out there still striving to be great, just keep your head down, blinders on, and keep grinding. These mock drafts doesn't matter one bit. I promise you, only the work matters. Let's talk real basketball, people. To which, I mean, LeBron, let's talk real basketball. Bronny James, as painful as it is with that hard surgery, like it's, it's tough how his career in college started. He is averaging 5.5 a game on a floundering USC. 2.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists in the 19 games he's had since his cardiac arrest incident. You're saying let's, let's talk real basketball. LeBron says that he would be willing to go to the team LeBron gets drafted to. You don't think that's him trying to just sway him in the mocks? And it's uh, who, who, at this point, wants an aging LeBron for a year? After time and time again, he's left the program scrambling to rebuild when he's just wrung them for everything they're worth, and he could just get out there for greener pastures. Who wants to sign up for that? That's tough, man. That's tough when the, yeah, there has been an unfair amount of hype built up around it, but man, LeBron, you can't say that you weren't part of that. You can't say you weren't actively throwing gas on that fire. You know, I'm talking to LeBron James like he listens to this show. <laughs> on to some of the results around the conference. Purdue beat the piss out of Rutgers 96-68 to on Sunday as Zach E.D. went 7-for-8 from the floor and 11-for-11 11 from the charity stripe on his way to a 25-point game. Following their big win over Purdue, Ohio State was beaten Minnesota 88-79, to Elijah Hawkins with 24 and Dawson Garcia with 22 as the Minnesota program continues to trend in the positive direction towards the end of the year here. Boo Booey became Northwestern's all-time leading scorer Sunday as the Wildcats beat Michigan at home 76-62. While Bowie's 15 points were the milestone for the game, it was Barnheiser and Langborg combining for 8-for-12 from deep that helped secure this win decisively. 
Then, Saturday, following Indiana's loss to Penn State, Illinois held off Iowa 95-85 in Champaign, with Coleman Hawkins going 9 for 11 for 30 points in this game. Maryland bounced back following two straight losses Sunday as they beat Rutgers and Piscataway 63-46. Jordan Geronimo with a double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds. Then we saw Purdue head into Ann Arbor and hold off the Wolverines 84-76 as Zach Eady tied his season high with 35 points in that game. Ohio State then beat Michigan State in another shocking upset as Michigan State continues to lose, despite everyone telling me they're good. Buckeyes with the 60-57 win in East Lansing. Xavier Booker watched 17 minutes as he got the start here. Three for six from the floor for seven points and two rebounds. Juwan Gary knocked down four three-pointers on his way to 22 points to lead Nebraska to the 73-55 win over Minnesota at home. Gover Shuda collected 31% in a tough outing here. Following our game Tuesday, Iowa took down the Nittany Lions in Happy Valley 90-81 as Peyton Sanford again had his triple-double with the most with most of his 26 points coming from 18 of 19 from the charity stripe. Now that we have that out of the way, let's let's get you on to a word for our partners and then uh, yeah, we'll get into some thoughts on the Maryland matchup coming up and then get you on out of here with a Hoosier history hit. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports is a collection of podcasts, writers, everything you could want from Big Ten coverage. Um, just every team has a representative. I'm here to represent the Indiana basketball program. You can check out everything they got at BigBanterSports.com. If you haven't followed me, uh, just all social networks at Often Daunted, I can't appreciate the follow enough. Thank you guys so much for giving me the time of your day to give me a listen. And uh, I appreciate the follow as well. So uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, just thank you. All right. Thank you to Big Banter Sports for giving me connections like my guest right now, JR, host of the Big Ten Huddle, our just a roundtable podcast here on the network. Uh, JR just does a great job getting the best out of all of our personalities, getting them to work together and cover all of their teams coming together for just one unified show. JR, thank you so much for coming on just to discuss the upcoming IU Maryland matchup. Um, yeah. Hey, really quick, you want to plug everything you got out there? Yeah, man. Uh, the Big Ten Huddle. Go there. Uh, we just recorded an episode with uh, Burke yep. for uh, some recaps of some games. Talked about the Indiana-Wisconsin win, so that was fun. And we talked football on Tuesdays, basketball on Wednesdays and Sunday nights. It's a good time. Come check us out. Well, JR, thank you. As you said before, we uh, we were recording. We had just wrapped up that Northwestern-Maryland game. Now, Indiana is taking on Maryland this weekend. What does Indiana need to worry about with what we just saw from their uh, matchup with Northwestern? Well, the biggest thing is Jameer Young. I mean, and that's yeah, what uh, Indiana that, that's what Indiana needs to focus on is their backcourt defense. And how are they going to be able to handle Jameer Young, especially in the pick and roll? I think Kalo Ware is more than capable in the pick and roll, but you obviously have to have that guard aspect as well. And so Julian Reese is a very good defensive player. So obviously on the offensive end for IU, they're going to have to be able to take care of that. However, I think Kalo Ware, uh, the, the size over him is going to be good for him but the uh the like i said the the guards the backcourt that's to me that has been the key for indiana all season long are they going to be able to guard and are they going to be able to produce offense for the front court because malik renew and Ware are two very good players on both ends of the court Ware more so on defense malik renew is good uh but obviously his offensive game i believe is is stronger than his defensive game but to me, it all relies on the uh, the backcourt and see what they can do, especially against somebody like Jameer Young. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, now, Indiana fans, like I want to get your perspective on what you've seen from uh, Jordan Geronimo so far this season. This will be our second time facing off with him, and uh, it's just interesting always seeing these interconference guys who uh, transfer in in the family, um, just running back into them. What do you, what have you seen from him this season? 
Yeah, you know, Jordan Geronimo, he has struggled to be the piece that I think Maryland has needed him to be. He's been able to bring good defense, and that's really what this Maryland team has been able to hang their hat on this season is having good defense and being able to say, hey, we might not go with the longest scoring runs in the world, but we're also going to make sure the other team goes on droughts, even if we do as well. So, And Jordan Geronimo has been a big part of that. I mean, he's, he's athletic, he's long, he's able to do those kinds of things on the defensive end that frustrates other players. He's versatile and who he's able to guard. He's not necessarily guarding one through five, but he can guard a multitude of different players. So, uh, you know, Jordan Geronimo, he's a piece for this Maryland team that if they get out of him what they need Maryland is very dangerous but more often than not they don't and they just kind of get the defense which again is very good but he's gonna have to produce on the offensive end as well but at the same time I don't know if I see that happening against somebody like McKenzie and Baco just just keeping an eye on Jordan from afar that's how I felt a lot about his season so far this year like uh like you you bring up how on your show how you have family with uh just IU fandom ties and uh like you, you so you were a little tapped into the Jordan Geronimo experience oh, yeah. of Indiana. So, I mean, it is, it is a lot of the same with him this season. Yeah. That's just what I think. I just, the potential of explosive athleticism will just leave you just drooling at the possibilities, but yet just still falling just short of them. Right. And like I said, when, when he has been on his game this season, they've done really well. I mean, he, he when he, you know, scores in double figures. I mean, you had what a double double against Rutgers earlier this year, and that mm-hmm. was a really good game for Maryland. They were they were able to uh, make a lot of things happen and do a very good job. But then there's a, he had a, the game before that, the three games before that, he scored six points in total in those three games. So, at the end of the day, if Jordan, and I think there was one game, yeah, I'm looking at it right here, the Rutgers game before that, he played 26 minutes, scored two points, had one turnover, no rebounds, no assists. Like, there's just certain games where he just kind of disappears, and it's like you know, again. You need more from a starter out of Jordan Geronimo to be able to do that. And at a certain point, that's kind of what IU fans felt like with him as well that I noticed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, just just last individual I wanted to bring up was uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith. Deshaun Harris-Smith, just the – now, we had lost out to him in recruiting. Uh, we had lost out to Maryland for him, uh, much like this Derek Queen lately. And uh, I, I, I always root for these young guys in the Big Ten because I want freshmen to shine. I want freshmen to be able to – uh, you know, really put the conference on the map. If you have freshmen who are popping off, it's going to draw eyes to the conference, going to draw eyes to your own program. Um, Deshaun Harris-Smith, we thought that he might be producing a little high at a higher clip than he is. Uh, he had a good game today against Northwestern. I thought he really right. contributed for a freshman. And uh, what, what have you seen out of him this season? I just he struggled shooting. Uh, he's been another good defensive piece for the team. I, I always like when freshmen come in and they're willing to play good defense, and that's what he's been willing to do. Uh, I also think that part of him has realized that he's not been the offensive player that he's wanted to be, so he's been more willing to hang his hat on uh, defense, which is good. Uh, you, you like to see that a player is willing to kind of uh, you know adjust and be the player that the team needs. However, if he's not scoring at the rate that he needs to, uh, again, this team is kind of in trouble because. They don't have anybody scoring other than Jameer Young and uh, Julian Reese. But at the same time, these past five games, I think he's scored in double digits twice. And in the other three, he's been eight, eight and seven. So he's done a better job scoring here recently. The shooting has gotten better as well. So it, it's one of those things that you can see a player when the pressure is starting to get lower. You can see some of these freshmen get better. And I'm wondering if that's kind of what's happening with Deshaun Harris-Smith here. We'll see. I really am going to be interested to see who outplays the other one between Mbako and Harris-Smith. I know they don't you know, naturally face off against each other. They might be guarding each other a few times, but to me, that's going to be an interesting freshman matchup to watch. Yeah, it was, uh, shoot, who, who's the freshman on Wisconsin? I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, uh, Blackwell. Blackwell, man, last game, him and McKenzie, they, they really were going at each other's throat. Like, they, they like to have a little freshman battle. I wouldn't mind seeing that in this IU-Maryland matchup between uh, McKenzie and Deshaun. Yeah, and Blackwell bopped him one time, but uh, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, and Blackwell got the last laugh. Yeah, and won got the, game, the but Yeah, and they, they were... 
I don't know. I didn't really agree with them. They were talking talking about how Mbaka was being a little soft during that game against Wisconsin and uh, how Blackwell was kind of beating him up. And yeah, on that one play, he kind of did. But I mean, Mbaka's a smooth operator. Like, yeah, he, he's reserved. He just does his thing in hoops. Yeah. Uh, and it, and Blackwell, he's he's not the uh, – this is going to sound mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but he's not as talented as Mbako, so he has to rely a little bit more yeah. on kind of that that toughness and, uh, you know, really using his strength and toughness and stuff like that. So uh, it's important, but at the end of the day, like, if you ask me who I want on my team, John Blackwell or McKenzie Mbako, I'm choosing McKenzie Mbako every time. All right, game in Maryland. Who you got? You know, uh, Maryland, I don't think they've been as good. Well, I know they haven't been as good at home this season. To me, I uh, I have to choose Indiana. I know it's on the road, but coming off of that Wisconsin win, I think that this backcourt is really showing something right now. I want to see Trey Galloway continue what he's been continuing. And I think that this is one of those few road games in the Big Ten this year that teams can actually go in there and take it. So I think it's going to be super close. I think at the end of the day, one of the biggest factors for Indiana is can they make their free throws and that can they get at least three oh. or four three-pointers made? Uh, that has always been the thing with Indiana. I watch every season. Can they hit their free throws? Can they make their three pointers at least this season? So if they can hit their free throws, I'd say around 60 to 70%, which I know is asking quite a bit for IU at Honestly, times this season. Which is just the saddest thing to imagine. <laughs> exactly. But I think if they can do that and they can hit some three pointers, the points in the paint are going to be there. Malik is going to get his. Kalel is going to get his. Kalel is going to be a rim protector on defense. I really think that they can make it happen and they can get the win. Yep. I'd love to hear it, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone, go give JR a follow. Go check out the Big Ten Huddle, uh, just breaking down Big Ten basketball around the conference. Just a great time going on that show. And uh, just great uh, getting to work with JR as much as I have. Thanks, Berg. Appreciate it, man. No, thank you. Take it easy. And, uh, hey, I'm excited to be on Big Ten Huddle again soon. There you go. Awesome. Yep. See ya. See ya. Again, I can't thank JR enough for coming on. Let's get a y'all on out of here with that Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit, I wanted to shine a light on Abbott's Candies. Abbott's Candies, the oldest candy store in Indiana. William Clay Abbott was born in 1871 to Levi and Mary Abbott. As a youngin, out the gate, William Clay took a job as a traveling salesman for a local candy candy manufacturer, that being the Dilling Candy Company based out of Indianapolis. A reporter for the Newcastle Courier Times said, For quite some time, Abbott was one of Dilling's top salesmen, but he carried with him the burning desire to someday make a candy that would bear his name, to make something a little better, a product that would bring, bring to him the satisfaction of giving to candy lovers the best. W.C. Abbott returned to his hometown of Hagerstown, Indiana, and started up the business. He soon owned and operated a restaurant on Main Street, specializing in, you know, just fried chicken, the fried goods, really short order stuff. And it was at this restaurant that he would introduce his penny stick taffy and homemade ice creams. After the just, you know, ravenous success of these, he was encouraged to pursue the ice cream business on a larger scale. In response to this demand for the ice cream, he started making chocolate drops. He just said, no, I, I, candy's where it's at. I want to do candy, and he did just that. And that uh, small chocolate shop would grow into the Abbott's Candies Company. Now, they are still producing caramels, chocolates, truffles, fudge, brittle, anything you could imagine still out of Hagerstown, Indiana. So uh, for your Hoosier history hit, I just wanted to shine a light on Abbott's Candy. 
All right, that, that's a wrap on the episode, guys. Thank you so much for giving me a listen. Again, if you would like to follow me on all social medias, you can at AuthentDaunted. I, I can't thank my partners, Big Banter Sports, enough for putting me in contact with people like JR that can help make the show a little better. And uh, I can't thank you enough for giving me an audience to uh, make that show better for. However you feel about Mike Woodson, enjoy that win. That was a good Wisconsin win. You should. We need to be proud about how the, the way those guys performed. I'm going to praise these individuals, and uh, you know what? Season's not done. We can turn some things around and have some fun here. God bless you and yours, Hoosier fans. Hey, it's on to the next one. It's on to Maryland. Let's go get one in enemy territory. God bless you and yours, Hoosier fans. Down with the Terps. Go Hoosiers. Lux at Veritas. Take it easy.